everyone, this is episode 510 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, August 13th, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez. Today I'll be talking about State of Anarchy, Masters of Mayhem, Die for Valhalla, some more Onrush, and of course, more movie nonsense. Did you hear that? <laughs> I said more movie nonsense. But before I get to all that, I feel the need, even though I thought I would not return to this topic after the last episode or the episode, I don't remember, maybe it was the Wednesday episode, but the whole Philip Munchkin thing, I don't give a shit how you pronounce his last name, it is whatever, Munchin, 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 I'm just going to call him Munchkin, though I think we should turn his last name into a term, I'll get to that later, but he has since... Rep- He has since posted his response and then deleted it, of course, because his response was utter bullshit. But there were so many problems with his response that I feel like any chance of regaining respect or potentially being forgiven or getting a second chance in this industry, I think they were all thrown out the window with his bullshit excuse for... Well, he didn't call it an apology, so... It's not like he was trying to pass it off as an apology, at least. It was his response to the Dead Cells review. And one of the first issues I have with the whole video is the title. It should have just been called, I'm Sorry. It should have just been, I'm Sorry, and had him apologizing for the entire situation, explaining it, and admitting his wrongdoing. Admitting that he did plagiarize. And that he took you know, uh, not control of the situation. He took ownership over it and would try and be better. And maybe with a lot of time, he could have potentially gotten a second chance. Who knows? But he didn't do that. He started, and before I get to the rest of the content of the video and why a lot of it, it just pisses me off so much, he also monetized the the video which is just (laughs) disgusting hey i did this shitty thing this is my response to the shitty thing that i'm not admitting i really did intentionally or did solely on my own i'm gonna make some money off of this because i'm sure people are gonna want to watch this video and it's gonna get the hits and it's gonna bring in the money that advertising money which of course is not gonna be a lot anyway but He has also since, like I said, I believe I said, he has since deleted the video and I believe I saw on Reddit that he is copywriting, copyright claiming against those who re-upload his video because, you know, if you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. And I don't mind attacking his character uh, at this point because he has no character. He's shown what his character is and has cemented his character of being a shitty person um and all the things he's done before this uh you know more examples of, but what he starts off in his response is saying that you know there are so many factors that went into all this and blah 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 but ultimately he was the editorial leader on the review and therefore he takes full responsibility for what happened what the fuck does that mean is he trying to imply that there were other people who maybe had a hand in this and that he just 
he maybe didn't check to see if you know everything was like fucking what is he going on about that was just like okay you're not admitting to any wrongdoing and he goes on to say how it's completely unintentional you know he didn't intend to plagiarize anything or whatever um but i I don't know if he ever used the word plagiarism because you can't find a you know a a version of the video uploaded there are ones with responses that have people talking over it so it's hard to hear everything but he doesn't admit to any of that and then he talks about his review process, which he says, you know, I, I do as much research as possible. And I look up, you know, I do, I look up as much as I can about a product before I reviewed, you know, whether it's a game, a product, an event, etc. He's like, he just looks up all the information he can, which means he looks up other people's reviews and checks them out. And there is, of course, the existence of unintentional plagiarism where you have, you know, you read something and then from your memory it just ends up seeping its way into your review your work your writing but that isn't that is like certain phrases and stuff like that but not exact structure not word for word sentences so that that's not unintentional that is very much so intentional and then later on in the the his response he goes on and talks about Kotaku and attacks Jason Schreier because he talked about in uh, their post, their news story about the whole situation, uh, mentioning his FIFA 18 review or whatever that I talked about previously and how that is in no way a, a, a bit of plagiarism. That That's like they're similar, but they're not identical or anything. And he calls Jason out and says, you know, I, I you know, if you can find other stuff, you know, all, all my things before this were original. They were my own things. If you can find other examples, go for it. And, of course, Jason Schreier uh, has since found another one, another example, which is very damning. And, and is there's no doubting it either. I'm not sure if there have been more that have come out since then. But, I mean, like, that was one of the stupidest things he could have ever done is to attack and call out one of the few journalists in the industry i'm i'm sure there are more journalists but like when you think of the gaming industry and journalists in it jason schreier is one of the top names you think of in terms of just going out there finding information and just doing the work that needs to be uh, done in order to get the information for his stories and whatnot so Attacking him and you know claiming that it's he's doing it for clicks and all this crap uh, is just ludicrous. And the fact that he did that just really that really bothered me. And it shows me that he it shows me that he's got no chance of ever returning in the industry after that. After attacking a, a colleague, a peer, after what he did, what the wrong he did, and then is just attacking someone else. Uh, in, a, in a, an attempt to maybe try and save his character a little. I don't know what the fuck he was doing with that. But that was just a real disgusting part of the video. And then he talks about uh, Boomstick Gaming and how he's so happy to see you know, like their newfound success and he hopes they can build upon their newfound success. They're, they're not succeeding. I don't know if it's one person who's Boomstick Gaming. He implies that it's one person. I'm not sure if it is one person or not, but they're not succeeding in the situation. They've been, they've been 
thrust into the center of this not not so much the center but they're thrust into the limelight of this situation and they're getting a lot of attention because of this but they're not succeeding because not to say their content isn't good um because the review is well done and all that but the success isn't from their work it's from the fact that you you stupid piece of shit philip stole their work and got caught doing it and because of that more people are checking them out um and he, t and he talks about i don't know if you know this but i also came from youtube i know what it's like to be a small fry oh woe is me pity me i was a little person too and i know what it's like to you know not be big like you know boomstick they're little i know what it's like to be that person who fucking gives a shit um and then he i don't know i mean some of the things he says sure i agree that people shouldn't if people are actually going out and finding his family members and harassing them yeah nobody should be doing that but first before you you say any of that shit own your own shit own your own bullshit um which he never does and I also am just so fucking pissed off that he deleted the video because that shows that he has no fucking conviction. If you're going to be this piece of shit that you are, own being a piece of shit because you are a piece of shit. Just own it. Just own it. That video did nothing for you. And deleting it does nothing for you. When something is out there, when you post something on YouTube and it's public, guess what? It's, it's there forever. Whether you delete it or not, people you know people have it on their hard drives. They can upload it to different services. Like it's out there, it can be found, it can be seen. You're not going to be able to just keep copyright claiming all. Like it's just when you put something out there, it's out there. Deleting it does nothing. It just makes you look like a fucking fucking not no conviction fucking bitch. I'm I'm sorry for all the language to everyone, and I'm sorry for going in on this. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who don't want to hear about this. They're sick of hearing about this. I do apologize for that, but it's just it's something that I had to mention because it it does bother me so much, and I feel like he has done the way he's acting is that of a child, and. He needs to grow up. He needs to be... <laughs> I don't want to say he needs to be attacked, that his character needs to be attacked, but he, there's there's something that needs to be done to try and just, like, fix him. He needs therapy or something because he's just... He... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking just, like, I don't want to keep being so hard on him but i feel like he does need to go and do something about like, he needs to change his ways drastically and whether or not he's able to do that i don't know i mean regardless i don't think he has any future in this industry on either side at this point uh given the plagiarism uh at ign and the examples that have come about prior to IGN and I'm sure there will be more examples uh, showing up because like I said uh, in a previous episode 
plagiarism isn't a one-time thing. It's it's something that you do. That it's not like a, it's something you just stumble into. You're a plagiarizer, and so I'm sure there are going to be more examples. And the his response, his non-apology apology, um, with no true admittance of guilt and complete wrongdoing. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, let's let's get on to happier stuff like State of Anarchy Masters of Mayhem, which is another game from I believe the developer publisher or just the publishers, sometimes you, who is responsible for such games as Where Are My Friends, I believe was the name of it, and that energy balance or whatever, which I think was like an easy platinum, maybe easy achievement, oh surely easy achievements too then. But they're not known for making great games and sadly state of anarchy is another not great game from them it is a top-down twin stick shooter that is somewhat reminiscent of the early gta games where you can get into cars and you can shoot random i guess they're supposed to be protesters or something uh, or rioters I, th I think i saw that that name thrown into the achievements um so you go around killing them and you go to banks and there's a boss in every bank in the same area and you kill them and then they drop a weapon upgrade and a bunch of cash which you can use to purchase upgrades to your weapons and every two levels you get skill points and it's broken up into levels but there's also like if you just play through it's just like sort of straight progression and it's got a sort of 13 year old notebook art style to it which is to say just like you know something doodles that you would doodle in a notebook in class or whatever it's not very pretty to look at the music's not that great it's totally very weird there are times where it's like this seems oddly somber in this situation i don't know this it doesn't always fit um there's an alien aspect to it so it's at one point a ufo comes in pretty early on and you destroy it and then you get abducted and then you're like on the moon or something and you're shooting things and then you're in space and a UFO flying around. And then you're back on Earth because whatever. And you're back to robbing banks. And then you go around and you can drive around and you can shoot out of your car. You can run over to enemies. Or there's like this orange flying dude. I think he like shits out mines or something. I don't know what he's doing. There's a red enemy that just is like tougher. Just like in, well, in GTA, the red enemy was the one who would see you and rush at you and just beat the shit out of you. Um there's like a suicide bomber it's it's very basic and the thing i can say about it is that it runs like it's not overly difficult if anything it's overly easy it's incredibly easy um i'm playing on normal mode there's normal and hard but on normal mode it is incredibly easy i never feel at any point like i am on the verge of failing or dying it's just an absolute breeze and i did have one bug where i killed the boss of a bank and the 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 gun but dropped or whatever and it before you can grab the gun upgrade it stops you from being able to move gives you all the cash and you can potentially upgrade your skills if you've earned a skill point and upgrade your weapon and then you get that upgrade and then you're 
told to leave the bank and go on to the next bank or maybe kill a vehicle or something in the environment. Uh, they usually break it off where it's like bank, some other thing, kill a uh, person or a building thing or a ship or something like that. And then back to a bank. So bank, side thing, kind of bank, etc. And it still allowed me to move after I did that. And I grabbed the weapon upgrade, but it didn't register. So I had to quit out and return. Not the biggest bug, but still something that was a little bit annoying. But ultimately, the game is just not very fun. You know, the, the best thing I can say about it is that it works. It works. And it's not difficult, but it's also not fun. So I don't really see much reason to play it uh, or check it out. And I think it's visually very unpleasant to look at. And then I played just a smidgen of Die for Valhalla, finally. And I like what I've played, but I can't, I can't talk too much about it just because I've played so little of it at this point. But in the... I don't know, 20 minutes I put into it. I, I like what I'm seeing from it. So you are like this spirit and you are, I think, trying to appease the gods to potentially get to Valhalla. Um, and you can summon different types of Vikings by uh, hovering over their grave and mashing A button. I'm playing on Xbox One for both games. And... You mash the A button and there's like a swordsman, uh, an axe wielding, a dual axe wielding guy, a bow and arrow person, and then I think like a more like a broadsword-ish person. Um, and it becomes a hack and slashy brawler thing, reminiscent of something like, you know, Castle Crashers and whatnot. And you just go through a level from left to right, uh, moving up or down the plane and killing a bunch of goblin-y folk and it's it's a solid uh brawler feels all right looks nice i like the the whole spirit aspect of it you can leave a body at any point uh, and if you die you return to your spirit form and you can uh raise another body from the grave and i don't know you there's a, there's a lot of maybe weird skill like there's a skill tree kind of thing in there where the way it works is you pick a first skill and then you can only move in adjacent tiles so you have to pick a good starting point and then like okay then you're going to do this because you can end up wasting some of your skill points on empty spaces if you don't uh start out at the right place um which is interesting and i don't know if i like that or not um but, yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't played all that much of it. But I like the very beginning of it. I'm, I'm interested in playing more and messing around with the skill tree. And there's uh, various kind of abilities that you can unlock. There were, like, I think six that I didn't quite understand how they would exactly work. Because some of them are like, well, this, what, is, like, Huh? That that was my reaction to a lot of them, because um, they're they're talking about when you kill the something one, like the chosen one. I don't know if every enemy in the game is this chosen thing or something, or those are only special enemies. Um, because I don't know if the the game actually ever told me what 
the enemies are called. But maybe it did, and I just didn't remember that. But Die for Valhalla seems like it could be pretty fun. And there's a regular difficulty, which they say is challenging. So far, it hasn't been all that challenging. Um, but, of course, it is a very beginning game. Or you can play a permadeath mode, which I, I think it... it shrinks the size of the world because they make a point to say that in the normal mode the size of the world is larger so you get more to search and check out and all that jazz but um i don't exactly know what else is different potentially different other than the permadeath aspect of it all and then i played some more onrush and when i say some more i mean a lot more i'm at level 50 i'm going to the single player and i want to just complete it all I have come to the decision that I want to get all achievements in Onrush because I enjoy it that much. But I, I'm still just loving the game. I think it is an incredibly fun racer. And I have an absolute blast. Even playing the single player, I still have an absolute blast in it. One of my favorite things to do, and I may be reiterating a lot of what I've already said because I can't remember what I talked about in the last episode but i i just love so much landing on another car and destroying them and crushing them uh, so i've become very fond of the charger class which is one of the weaker class cars it's in the lower uh it's the lowest class of cars just above the bikes and i love that one because it has a better homing uh, ability in air to to like actually not completely lock on to an enemy and land on them, but your chances of landing on an enemy uh, and attacking them in air is increased, and it's noticeable, and I love that because there's something super satisfying about that. And then I also love when playing the switch mode where you start all, everyone starts out on bikes. At the very beginning, it's not super easy, and it's purely by chance, but every now and again, I will be off a jump and then another enemy will come from the side at me and i don't know why it works out this way but they come at me and then they just get smashed and flip over me and it has that slowdown and it just lets me look at it for a second or two their body falling over mine and i get that like oh nice you just took them down or whatever you decided so i had to amend it it feels really good every time you take someone down in the game it feels great and that's not the goal of the modes, really. I mean, you shouldn't be setting out to do that um, over some other objectives of modes. Like in the uh, countdown, you should really be focusing on getting through gates. But if you see an opportunity to take someone out, you should do that as well. Because the, the, the reason to take out other players in Onrush is not to just take them out and feel the satisfaction of doing that and seeing it and all that. It is so that they are out of the game for a short period of time, and therefore they can't help their own team. That is why you take out enemies. But that is secondary to actually going after the objective. So, Because uh, I don't think taking out enemies also gains you points in, say, um, Overdrive, where you're trying to reach a certain uh, point limit before the other team. But like I said, you take out, another, you take out an enemy, an opposing player, they can't gain points for their team. So that takes out one player's uh, ability to um, gain points. So that is why you take out 
enemies uh, in onrush, but really should be focusing on the objective first and foremost and going after enemies when you see an opportunity or when you get uh, your rush mode to max and then you could go do uh, you can turn that on and just wreck havoc that's another thing I like about charger is that their thing is the bulldozer uh, rush mode and they just destroy everything in front of them so I, I'm charger first and foremost I really like dynamo and I've grown fond of I don't know what the name of the bike is but the second one the one that when you drop from a, a, a height you do a little shockwave that will weaken enemies and make them vulnerable to attacks so I like that because it's really good for assists and stuff like that um, so yeah Onrush is an amazing game if you didn't play it when it was free for the weekend on xbox one you really missed out you missed out on a great sale too i am so happy that i finally picked it up and i'm excited like i haven't played it online since the free weekend to see if it's still easy to find a match but i really hope this free weekend was able to convert at least a good chunk of committed players who will keep playing and Keep the community lively on Xbox One because it is one of the best games I've played all year. It is the most fun I've had with a racer in years. And it's a game that deserves to succeed more than it has. And I feel like there are so many factors that went into why it just never caught on and didn't find an audience. I think one is it came out the week before E3. Don't do that unless you're you're got a name behind you. It didn't get a lot of market. I, I feel like the marketing budget had to be incredibly low because I don't remember ever seeing anything about it. I think the first I heard about it maybe was the beta or it could potentially be uh, from uh, Chris Johnson over at the Player One podcast talking about it. And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, yeah, this does look cool. Um, but it just it never got the eyes. And then it had the beta, which open up at some point that I don't think they made it well aware that it was an open beta from the very beginning or that it was going to open up. I like, I didn't know that. And then it was too late, but it seemed like maybe in the messaging too, that they misrepresented the game or emphasized certain parts of the development team. And just like, Oh, you know, cause I think there are people from the motor storm team on, the development team for onrush and i think maybe it just somehow that really was pushed forward that hey these people made motorstorm and look there's a lot of you know crazy action going on and it looks somewhat reminiscent of motorstorm with just a lot of different vehicles and you have bikes you have your smaller cars you have big uh suvs and whatnot uh, just going around these big um outdoor environments and that's like Motorstorm, but it is nothing like it in terms of gameplay. But so many people seem to be down on the game for not being Motorstorm, and that's no fault to the game. That's a fault to the, potentially to the messaging or, or just people's wrong expectations or wanting something that the game never said it was going out to be. I, you know, I, don't, I don't remember what the marketing and messaging was like because I didn't see any of that because it just never ended up on my radar until very close to launch and then it launched and i didn't even remember i didn't even realize it launched i don't think um and it just it 
really failed. And I think I heard that it didn't even get on the UK charts when it released in the UK. And, and that signified that it didn't even sell a thousand copies, which is just, it is so sad that this game has failed the way it has because like if it, it sounds like the game didn't even sell, I don't know, maybe it didn't even sell 50,000. I don't know. I don't think it sold a hundred thousand. Like it just is, it's a game that deserves so much more success than it has gotten. And the thought of it, I know, I know they've said that they're going to continue supporting it, but I don't know how much longer they can continue supporting a game that just no one is playing seemingly. Um, and it's just a real shame because it's, it's a fantastic game and so well made. It runs incredibly well. I'm playing on the X in performance mode. And I don't know if this is just me and maybe I'm just losing my mind, but I put it in the high quality mode for the, you know, the visual mode or whatever. And I swear it not only runs better in performance mode, it looks better. And maybe that's because it runs super smoothly and that just makes the visuals look better. But everything about the game just in performance mode, it looks incredible. It it feels so good. It is such a fun racer to play. I can't emphasize that enough, that it is just pure fun. And that is something that we need more of, especially in racers. We don't have enough pure fun racers. We got plenty of sim racers, but something that is just pure, wonderful, lovely, delightful fun. That's what Onrush is. And if you want that, you should check it out. I I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be playing more of it, and I can't wait to play more of it. So there. Uh, and then movies. I rewatched Desperado after talking with my friend John about it because he asked me if uh, what I thought of Desperado and its sequel, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, because he never um, asked me about it. It's like, oh, I can't believe I've never mentioned this. And my reply was quick and without any hesitation. I adore Desperado. I think it is one of the best action movies ever made. Uh, I've seen the entire trilogy. Uh, I think El Mariachi is still a fun little thing. And it's weird because the first time I ever saw it was after Desperado. And it was in my, I believe it was after, after Desperado. And it was in my high school Spanish class. We just spent one day watching El Mariachi and that was weird it was it's not the kind of movie you expect to see but I think the teacher was just a fan of the movie and he's like well you know you want to watch a movie with Spanish in it well let's watch this one and we did and it was weird but it was it was a good weird but um after re-watching Desperado nothing is perfect I, I think the word perfect should just be thrown out of the dictionary because nothing nothing can be perfect, I don't think. I don't believe anything can really be perfect. You get a compass and a pencil, you're not going to make a perfect surfo. Get out of here. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, everything is flawed even if it's ever so, like if the slightest, 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 slightest of faults, there's a, there's a, a hiccup in everything. Um, but I think that's what makes everything special because it makes everything unique. And I like that, that, you know, that's why I'm someone who doesn't get upset when I color outside the lines. 
I'm not actively trying to do it, but I'm not so neurotic and meticulous. And I'm like, I need to make sure that everything is like, no, to me, I actually like it when I color outside the lines in my artwork because it's just like, okay, this was made by human. This was made by me. Would every, would someone else make this error? If you want to call it that? No. If, uh, you know, this is, if you were doing it by a computer, you would not do that. It would just look so perfect. And to me, there's something incredibly stale and empty about that. And I, I like, you know, when you have these little things that make something feel more real and just something that that, that was made and not manufactured, uh, if that makes sense. But Desperado is just a masterpiece of an action movie. It it. it and I, I'm thinking, after I watched it, I was thinking to myself, were there some that came before this? That like, because I, I look at Desperado and I think this has everything that action movies try to be these days. Like this is like the prototypical contemporary action movie that everything wants to be, and some get really close. Some do incredibly great jobs of being action movies these days. But I don't know if any of them are as good as Desperado. Um, and the only other movies I can think of that could potentially and are also influential in their own ways. Um, I like the, the Hong Kong ones like uh, John Woo stuff like The Killer, Hard Boiled, etc. But I don't, it's been a while since I've seen them. So I don't, the only thing I ever think about those is slow motion, diving, two guns, and doves. Um but Desperado is just so well shot. The the acting is fantastic. The the moments in it are all great, whether it is action or not. You know, having Steve Buscemi come in with the story and the way that is shot and told and cutting back, it's so well done. Um, and the the thing about it too is that it's just it's it's cool. It is a fucking cool ass movie, and it's not. Not to say they weren't trying to make it cool, but it doesn't feel like something that's trying to be cool. It's just fucking cool. There are so many wonderful shots in the movie that are just so memorable. Um, I love in the, not the the flashback bar thing, but when he's at the, the bar with Cheech and all them, um, when he's fighting and he's on top and he's flinging his guns as he's shooting them. That is just, I, I don't know if that, I, if I feel like that is in no way a logical way to fire a gun and be accurate or anything but it's fucking cool uh when he's on his tiptoes on the edge of that building like the way it's shot and then him falling off and shooting like that is, is fucking cool it is just a cool ass movie when his uh fellow musicians come into town and you know one of them has the two basically like gatlin gun uh cases the other one has a rocket launcher the way he, the, the one guy with the rocket launcher gets low uh, to shoot the rocket is fucking cool. And that one kind of actually makes sense. If you're like, oh, you kind of can get more of a solid balance. Like, it is just a cool-ass movie. And when he's gets cut up from Danny Trejo's character and he's walking across the wall and some of the blood is coming off of him and onto the, the side of that building, that's a, a, a well-shot um segment it's just desperado is a masterpiece and i feel like 
not enough people talk about it or remember it, even though so many, if not like the majority of action movies that have come after it uh, take so much from it and are clearly inspired by it. Um, so yeah, if you've never seen Desperado, just fix that immediately. And then we were talking about From Dust Till Dawn, which is a fun little thing. And I think From Dust Till Dawn is what Planet Terror wanted to be. Planet Terror was clearly trying to be it. And From Dust Till Dawn is just, again, like, you know, it, it wants to be that, but it just succeeds because it is that. And it it is just a delightful, campy little silly, stupid vampire strip club thing. Um, and then we were going uh, talking about George Clooney. And I, I miss... George Clooney, when he was this incredibly charismatic, charming actor who could take on different types of roles and just did so many, like doing Three Kings and Out of Sight, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, um, even like Michael Clayton and all these things. Like he was a he was a movie star. He was incredible, and then he just. I feel like Michael Clayton was near the end of that, um, even like Up in the Air, uh, which I was rewatching, and that's that's a fine movie. It's really well done and all that, but it's not. It's not something I ever need to rewatch. It is very just sort of whatever. Um, but then he just kind of got boring. I don't know. And maybe it was when he decided to get behind the screen too and direct. Because uh, I don't remember when that started. But he just got really stale and didn't explore different types of characters or anything. Uh, the last movie he did, Money... I forget what it's called now. Money. It's not Money Market. Money... <laughs> it's not Money Blues. Money, it's not Money Ball. Money Ball is a fantastic movie. Money, money, honey, whatever his stupid money th movie was, was incredibly disappointing. It was one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen. Not that, that's that's a stretch. I didn't mean to say that. That just came out. It's one of the most disappointing movies of the last few years. Like, um, you know, it's directed by what's her face from Panic Room and Taxi Driver and Why Can't It Be and Hotel Artemis recently. And I can't think of her name. Silence of the Lambs. What the hell's her name? Whatever. She directed it. And you have Julia Roberts. Right? She was in it. And you have the young actor who I actually like too. He was in a indie military movie called 71. It's based on like the... I forget what it was. Um, but it's really done. It's really well done. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna try and say what it is because I'm gonna completely flub what the thing is that it is in London or England. Not. I don't think it was in London, but it's in England and all that jazz. Maybe it's in Ireland. I don't know. I'm just talking on my ass now. But I miss George Clooney. That's the point of all of this. I miss George Clooney because he was such a great movie star, and now he's nothing, and that's sad. Uh, even like the Oceans movies too. Those are fun. And he's part of why they were fun. Now, hmm. So yeah. That will do it for today's episode, which went on longer than I was expecting, in part because of that 
ranty intro, which, again, I apologize for anyone who is sick of hearing about it. Uh, hopefully, I will, I will put in the description, I will hopefully remember to do this, uh, a note that says, if you don't want to hear about all this Philip Munchkin shit, then just don't listen to the first 10, 11 minutes of this episode, because it's all about that shit, head. Uh, and I think his last name should, his munchin, munchin, should just be a term for, you know, plagiarizing, getting caught, and being a shit, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, they, they did, they did some really bad stuff, but at least they didn't pull a munchin, so I think that would be a good thing to do, anyway, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast, once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my anime list, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I am the Kush3. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to see some of the art I do, which is crazy, kooky, and colorful, and the colors aren't always inside the lines, you can go over to pxsart.com to check it out. And if you see something you like, there's a link below where you can purchase a print of the piece you like. And if you'd like to support the site in general and everything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us with you know, a buck or two a month, however much you'd like to contribute to the I don't know what you're contributing to. You're just you're just saying you like what we do because, you know, I will pay for this with my last penny even if I have to because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing it for you, but I more so enjoy doing it just cuz I enjoy doing it. So, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. Okay. Bye.